what does your favorite Christmas movie say about you? We ask this question of ourselves, the overthinkers, on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking peoples, thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for Christmas for the creative intellectual. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, cultural critic, and Christmas superfan. Here with my steaming cup of hot cocoa, which, or maybe it's not steaming, you don't know. And with me, as always, is my contagiously Christmassy co-host. Nathan Clarkson, uh, actor, author, uh, filmmaker, all that stuff. And um, I really, and I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you my favorite uh, Christmas cookie. It's a snowball. Oh, your favorite Christmas cookie is a snowball. Yep, that's cool. it. Cool. That's, that's great. That's a fun fact about me. Nobody uh, asked. Yes. And that's great. I am here, I am here with a cup of coffee that I've already finished because we've had like five false starts. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Very cool. Well, today we have three very special returning guests. These are good friends of the podcast. They are every single person who has been a guest on this podcast more than once this year, and our unofficial Overthinkers Brain Trust, the overthinkiest of the overthinkers. Kelia, Nathan, Lou, would you reintroduce yourselves to our audience in that order? Okay, yeah, I'm Kelia Clarkson. Uh, I am very happy to be back. I am a writer, actress, and sometimes singer, and I can't wait to talk about Christmas today. And probably the most important fact about her that I failed to mention, oh. surprisingly enough, is that she is wed to me. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I, so that's why her last name is Clarkson. Okay, that, Correct. that was, that's yeah. helpful. Okay, yeah. thank you for that context. That you we didn't that could, have a, could have been a coincidence. It could have. Yes. Just like how Nathan and I shared the same first name. This is true. Wait, wait, wait. There's no relation? That's not a coincidence. (laughs) No relation. (laughs) Okay, speaking of which. He's Babs Bunny. No relation. (laughs) Speaking of which, Nathan. Hello, I am Nathan. Okay. (laughs) Okay, come on. Elaborate. That's Uh, a good last name, don't you? No. I'm like Prince, just Nathan. Okay, all right, fair enough. You're a resident uh, tech wizard and wonderful overthinker. Glad to and have you back. And resident wise guy, who's yes. not so wise. As well as man, man of mystery as well. Yes, exactly. Good and, luck finding his online presence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, Lou. Well, maybe if you ask Santa Claus real nicely, he'll hook you up. Okay, there you go. All right. And Lou. Hello. I'm Lou Giovino, friend of the podcast, producer, uh, talent manager, many things. Many Book things. reader. And resident uh, church historian, historian, uh, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Fellow in residence. An adult. Resident adult. Adult. Resident non-millennial. Younger than all of you. In many yeah. ways. Always, always. <laughs> um, okay. That's beautiful. Okay, boomer. Um, and... I'm well. not a boomer. I am not a boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. Excuse me. Let's I am not a boomer. Okay, well. Gen X. 
Thank, well, thanks for being here, everyone. It's so cool to spend Christmas with all of you in this small way and with the wider Overthinkers community. Anyone who's listening, whether you're getting to celebrate with your family or not this year, we're grateful that you choose to celebrate a little bit with our little family. Now, this is our very first end of the year Christmas special episode, so we're gonna be doing something a little different. We're not overthinking a topic, we're overthinking each other. We're each going to say our favorite Christmas movie, or one of our favorites, because there's so many good ones, it's hard to pick sometimes. And then we're going to go around the group and tell each other what we think of that person's pick says about them. So it's our very first like BuzzFeed style episode. Cool? <laughs> cool. Okay, and we're going to start a room with my very favorite co-host, Nathan Clarkson. Nathan Clarkson, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Also your only co-host, this but that's not even here there. <laughs> this is a good question. I have um, I have toiled over the answer for many days since we have thought about this episode. There are so one of my favorite things to do in the entire year is to watch Christmas movies, and I and most of the Christmas movies I've seen, I've seen them a million times. So diluting it down to one was really difficult. But knowing that there are five other people, wait, one, two, three, four, four, four. other people here that <laughs> yeah. who's who's um whose uh, uh, opinions I respect. I know that if I can't say all of mine, can I only say one, I know that at least the other great Christmas movies will be mentioned here. So I'm happy about that. But my favorite Christmas movie, at least today, um, this is one that I grew up watching. I grew up watching it. I've seen it a million times. It's a classic and it's called Miracle on 34th Street. Mm. And, uh, and uh, fun fact, I also... Okay, made a movie called Highway uh, Miracle on Highway 34 uh, with a little <laughs> nod to the great that you can all that you can all see right now. iTunes, Amazon, anywhere you rent or buy movies. And interestingly enough, many of the people sitting here in this virtual table are in it. My lovely wife plays opposite me, who is in it as well. Uh, Lou over here, executive producer, and Joseph is uh is you'll, you'll just have to see his special appearance or should i say <laughs> hear his special appearance yes if you and love Nathan listening to my voice on this podcast you'll you'll enjoy this <laughs> so miracle on 34th street why i love this movie um for me first of all i'll say this um i'll start with the 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 more aesthetic shallow uh, not shallow but the more aesthetic things I love this movie because it takes place in New York and I live mm. in New York and I yep. love New York. And this captures New York in such a beautiful way that every time I saw it growing up as a kid, I said, I want to live in that city. Mm. I want to live where Miracle on 34th uh, Street takes place. And interestingly enough, many of the scenes, it starts out with Macy's Day Parade during Thanksgiving, the movie begins there, which happens just down the street from where I live. And so a lot of the places that the, um, the some of those pivotal scenes take place are places I walk by, I visit. So I remember um, having grown up wanting to live in the city and then eventually as an adult moving to the city and living in New York City, it was really fun for me to walk through these places and be like, oh my goodness, this is where Chris Kreen talks to uh, so-and-so and so-and-so. So it's really fun uh, to look back and, and think, wow, as a kid, this is my first introduction to New York City, the place I now reside and love. And it really just shows off the city in a beautiful way. Deeper than that, what I really love about this movie um, is it's a movie about faith. Um, mm. And I, and I'm, by the way, I'm speaking of the new one. I know this might be a little controversial. I, I have seen oh. this. Are you talking about, yes, the, I, are you talking about the Natalie Wood one? Oh, the no, remake. Oh. The remake. So I'm talking oh, about- Oh, fascinating. The, 
Yes, takes, the remix. Yes, uh, with Richard Attenborough, who plays Chris Kringle. Yes, and it was it was done. It was done. Hold on, hold on. Ninety something. Ninety four. It was remade in ninety four, and this um, is the one I grew up on. So obviously, I have connection to this um, because it's the one oh, I grew up on. Jeez, even but that. It's really, <laughs> really beautiful and wonderful. And what I love most about it is that it's um, it's a movie about faith. Essentially, the story centers around a man claiming to be Santa Claus and the court case that ensues, uh, deciding whether he is or is not. But there's a beautiful quote that I remember um, that uh, that Chris Kringle says to a doubter. He's a, she's a friend of his and she supports him, but she's a doubter. She doesn't believe he's actually Chris Kringle. And there's a beautiful quote that Richard Attenborough delivers that is just absolutely beautifully haunting. Uh, and, and every time I watch it, I get chills. And so I'm going to read it right now. Um, she says, Oh, but there is. I'm not just a whimsical figure who wears a charming suit and affects a jolly demeanor. You know, I'm a symbol. I'm a symbol of the human ability to be able to suppress the selfish and hateful tendencies that rule the major part of our lives. If you can't believe, if you can't accept anything on faith, then you're doomed for a life dominated by doubt. And that really is a quote that sums up the entire message of the movie about how important faith is to the human condition, how important how, how important faith is to us. And I think it's such a beautiful portrayal of faith and what it does in lives. And I'm not going to give away the ending, even though if you haven't seen it, oh my goodness, even the remake is uh, almost 30 years old. <laughs> but uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie with beautiful, beautiful performances. Yes, it's cheesy. Yes, it's incredibly over the top Christmassy, but I love it. And it truly is one of my favorites, which is why um, I gave a nod to it in my own uh, movie that's coming out. That is out. And you can okay. watch it on iTunes and Amazon. <laughs> so, what are people's thoughts? Uh, what does it say about Nathan Clarkson that that is his pick for Christmas? Movie? Well, and what do you think about the movie? What What are you got opinions on the movie? Well, sure, we can get opinion. Well, I haven't seen the remake, so I can't give my opinions on the movie. Uh, it's it's same. the same as the first, okay. but it's the same as the first. So is this, I, it, it follows the same story exactly. Just with better actors, better cinematography. Uh, no. <laughs> well, no, no, nobody beats Natalie not. Wood. Nobody probably beats probably literally Wood. everyone. So, <laughs> nobody, nobody beats Natalie Wood. So, so beats Richard Attenborough. So, no one's so, Richard Attenborough so, is good. So so so. First of all, <laughs> I think what this says is that you're really good at marketing, Nathan. That was my really answer. <laughs> <laughs> you're a good, you're really a good producer. You remember your, your, your movie, Miracle on Highway 34, which you can buy now or rent on iTunes and Amazon. Voodoo <laughs> uh, demand anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I also think, this is the thing I, I always thought was interesting about Miracle on 34th Street in general, and then also connected with you, is that it's a very uh, sharp mix of cynicism and hope and, and positivity mm. and faith. Because the, you know, at least, you know, it's, it's a huge, in many ways, Miracle on 34th Street is a satire of the materialism and commercialism and, 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 and just sort of world we live in today. I mean, you know, one of my favorite things is sort of like thing, them arguing, no, you can't say that Santa Claus doesn't exist in court because then the newspapers will get at, mad at you, you know? And so the, the, but you have then, uh, then this Santa Claus who's a symbol of hope 
that's in there and faith in there. And there's a clash between those two. And of course you, Nathan, share, Nathan Clarkson, excuse me, I'm mixing up my Nathans now so early on. What is in this hot chocolate? Um, but no, I think that you are a huge mix of cynicism and hope as a person. That is that's so that's cool. very being, a human, being, being a human being. <laughs> yeah, being an a honest human, human being. being yes, well, that, be. that, that's the thing is that most people either try to be one thing or the other. But Nathan Clarkson is very much looks at the good and the bad in the world and sees both and enjoys a movie that sees both, I think. Mm -hmm. I think uh, that, um, I think because I just thought of it. But uh, if we talk about the original movie, I think we should because it's from the 40s, I think, that movie. Yeah, the 40s. And Maureen O'Hara's character, the mom, is divorced. She. This is the 40s when everything was great, right? You know, yeah. uh, She's divorced, she's a working mother, she neglects her daughter mm. because of how she works. Mm. You know, so she obviously is the cynical unbelief as opposed to the faith part, yes. which, yes. which is cynical. The daughter's in the middle. Mm. And, you know, and the daughter is following in her mother's footcase. And again, you want to see Natalie Wood, what an excellent child performer, and why she became <laughs> such a big star. But if you could combine was, them, they'd be perfect. If that was something that um, I I wouldn't I'm not sure if the first movie is as over the top Christmassy. The '90s was excessive about a lot of things, but oh yeah, it, it was <laughs> it wasn't the original one isn't is it, but but it's not sentimental. It's in the class of um, uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which is not sentimental. They they are very um, wide open in what they're looking at, and I think Nathan that you have shown in your writings and in, and in your films that tension between belief and unbelief, which is played out in that, in that mm, movie, yes. both of them beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. Kelia, Nathan, thoughts? Well, I absolutely agree with what Lou just said. Um, mm. I think I, I actually, full disclosure, only saw this movie for the very first time last year. Mm. So I don't have the same, you know, I grew up with it. Sure. Uh, feelings about it. It was a requisite of her being my wife for <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah, but watching it with uh, Nathan was actually so special because he just had this love for the story of faith that it told. Mm. Um, so I, I really appreciated watching it with him. All right. Nathan, share. Um, I have no strong attachments to the original or the remake since I've only seen the original ones. But from what I remember, the original, it's one of the most, like you said, Nathan, the cheesiest, hammiest movies out there, and you're one of the cheesiest, hammiest, hammiest people I know, so it checks out. Hey, That's I thought true. I was Both the cheesiest, hammiest are... person you know. <laughs> yeah, he does it in a charming way. You're just doing it in oh. a guilty way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel like there's a lot of projection going on here. <laughs> <laughs> What's I thought, we were, oh, I thought wait, we, we were overthinking. I thought we were overthinking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that rose that's, to thinking. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal. Uh, the thing is that we think so hard that we don't think at all. It all comes full circle. Wow, mm, that's deep. Okay, well, who do we have up next? I believe it is Kelia who is, or is it Nate? Kelia who is up next? There you go, Kelia who's up next. Yes. So, so, what is your favorite Christmas movie, and why? And why? Yes. Okay, it's so difficult to come to this decision. Mm. There are so many incredible movies that I grew up watching, um, but one of them is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. And there's actually a lot of debate whether or not this is a Halloween or Christmas movie. Um, I consider it a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm just going to really quickly from Google take the breakdown of what the movie is. Um, it says, the film follows the misadventures of Jack Skellington, Halloween Town's beloved pumpkin king, who has become bored with the same and routine of frightening people in the real world. When Jack accidentally stumbles on Christmas Town, all bright colors and warm spirits, he gets a new lease on life. He plots to bring Christmas under his control by kidnapping Santa Claus and taking over the rule. But Jack soon discovers even the best laid plans of mice and skeleton men can seriously go awry. Um, so first off, what I really loved about this movie growing up was that it was just artistically beautiful mm. and whimsical. Um, I really love that Tim Burton just creates this entire world for us to be part of and it's just so childlike and mm. fantastical that's just one of my first favorite things about it also just the music and the voice actors do an incredible job it's so memorable who and plays uh oh my gosh i think it's danny elfman no no that's the that's, that's the composer. music that's the composer danny elfman i don't remember who plays jack but i know it's Catherine you literally Catherine. had this up on google you can, you can. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. But she I left. Did. I got it. No, you keep on talking. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, so then I think what I really liked about it looking back, cause I haven't seen it in a while to be honest, but, um, it takes a look at the effect that goodness and beauty mm. has on us. Mm. So when Jack, who has only ever known horror and mm. Halloween town, um when he stumbles into christmas land or i think it's christmas land um mm -hmm. he wants nothing more than to mm. be part of this magic and even a scary skeleton has this innermost desire to be part of something that brings joy and goodness mm. and beauty to the world even though he ultimately goes about it the wrong way yeah um and i think his issue he tries to make himself king of the goodness and he mm. kidnaps santa claus and I think this ties into our tendency to live uh, or to want to live with goodness and beauty while ignoring the creator of those things. And it Ooh. doesn't try or it doesn't mm. quite work out the way that we always want it to. Um, that's, that's how deep. I always interpreted it. I love that. I love <laughs> that how beauty and goodness affects us and does, and makes us want to be a part of it. Yeah. I, I funny in full disclosure, I've never seen this movie because I wasn't allowed to because I grew up <laughs> as a homeschool Christian kid and someone told my parents it had something bad in it. Well it's scary. I, I can see why it wouldn't be popular with Christian moms. But now but now that I, I feel that I'm ready as a 31 year old to watch it. But yeah. I love what you said about still not ready goodness and beauty. You might need to hold his hand and kill you when you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like what you said about how goodness and beauty it has an effect on us and makes us desire to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that. It sounds like a beautiful movie. I can't wait to see it. And yeah. by the way, you were correct. Mm -hmm. Danny Elfman is the singing voice. Okay, I thought so. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Well, man, who's the Elfman? acting voice? Yeah. Who's the acting uh, voice? Chris Sarandon. Sarandon. Oh, Chris Sarandon. Sarandon. Chris Sarandon. <laughs> Can we edit that out? <laughs> no, no, not, not even that. not Leave on your life. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Susan and Sarandon. Nathan, Nathan Clarkson. I had Sarandon's ex-husband. I had dyslexia, so all Susan of you okay. are That's terrible fair. people. Oh, we are terrible people. We're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everyone gets canceled. Everyone, you get canceled. You get canceled. Anyway, uh, what are people's thoughts? What does this pick say about? Kelia. 
I gave my thoughts about what I what I thought it said about her. That's true. You gave your thoughts. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. For me, I it seems like a lot of the people who like this movie, one of the things about it is it does allow people who sort of feel alienated from the values of Christmas, especially growing up as a kid, you feel like, you know, it's in or like, oh, it's like I'm the weird person. I'm the odd person. I'm not the person who gets sort of that Christmas um, world or kind of Christmas, those Christmas values. I'm not allowed into it. Actually, an opportunity to allow into it, into the world of Christmas and the values of Christmas. So I feel like Helia has sort of, you know, historically sort of felt alienated from that whole world and that whole kind of uh, value system. And instead able to say, oh, through this story, I, as a Halloween town person, I'm allowed to kind of enter into this this narrative. And I think that's, I mean, that's why a lot of my friends who were like, like who felt odd or felt weird growing up, they're like, they liked this movie because it's like, oh, the, I feel like a Halloween person, not a Christmas person. And I'm sort of allowed in to celebrate in this way because that's how I feel. I want this thing that I think is beautiful, but I don't feel like I can do it. And so this movie, I can actually say, oh, this is, I can uh, have Christmas. It's a lot kind of like Shrek, sort of the appeal of Shrek, which was that, oh, mm. I'm an ogre. I also can be a part of the fairy tale. I think, I think that that's what oh called you yeah. an ogre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> abstract, 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 please. Metaphorically. Uh, Shrek was also a favorite of mine. Okay. That must be a theme. There you go. Well, I mean, that begs a question. You like the outside. Did films. somebody yeah. once tell you that the world was going to roll you? That will answer our question, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, that's so that's that's my first gut reaction. Also, you're quite correct. The aesthetics of that, you know, you obviously have an eye for aesthetics because, oh, yeah. the, like, you know, Thank Tim you. Burton's. Yeah, <laughs> I am obviously the arbiter <laughs> of such things. Um, <laughs> but Tim Burton has a great style to be able to tell this story with. Other people's thoughts. For me, and maybe I'm just reading too much of my own interpretation on this. So feel free to call me out on this. But for me, you're I wrong. think one. Of the, there we go. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Podcast <us>. over. <laughs> um, for me, one of the appeals about uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is that it's kind of like a modern anti-Disney princess movie in the in like a positive way, though. Because one of the things I appreciate about Nightmare Before Christmas is the fact that it kind of does the opposite of what you see in some other Disney princess movies. Because Usually in other Disney princess movies, like, say, Little Mermaid, it's like this princess. She starts out the story with everything she wants. She has all this responsibility. She is this royal person, kind of like Jack at the beginning of his story. And they both had this moment where they had this ennui thing where it's like, oh, but I want more. I want to do such and such. I want to do this. And then they go on this whole journey. And along the way, they go along this journey. They kind of shirk all their responsibilities, get themselves in danger, get other people in danger, yada, yada, yada. But the big thing is, as opposed to, like, say, Little Mermaid, who gets rewarded for doing all this reckless stuff and, like, <laughs> and like uh, leading into this whole ennui thing, Jack, he realizes by the end of his story that, wait, no, I don't need to do all this to be happy. Well, I was happy where I began with. And, yeah, why? while this journey did help me realize that, I didn't need to do all this in order to be happy. I was here. I was happy. This is great. And then he like ends a story with a renewed, renewed vigor of like embracing his role as the pumpkin king and his responsibilities and his lease on life. And I feel like that's just very, and at, and at the same time, it still embraces the magic and beauty of like a typical Disney movie. So I see that as just a very honest, 
a more honest take of what Disney can traditionally do. And I kind of see that in you as well, where like you're not in, you're not an anti well, you kind of are an anti princess, but in, again, in the best <laughs> ways possible, where it's like you Over know anti princess. <laughs> I'm not even sure how to put this correctly, but just like, you know what you like, you're honest about it, you know what girls like in general, because you are a girl, so I suppose that makes sense, but you're also honest about like, where the failings are, what should, like, what should be done, what shouldn't be done, but you're very much just on point with who you are, if any of that makes sense. Totally. I appreciate that. Yeah. All very true. You can be the pumpkin. Queen. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> <laughs> Your head isn't in the clouds all the time. You're so realistic. You're yeah, just one of the yeah. guys, you know. Uh, what? Maddie picks a dream over it. Oh, so, um, yeah, that definitely I could see. You know, Keely is like the goth girl who wants to put up tinsel on the tree. So uh, I definitely could see that connection. I also want to point out that we talked about movies from my generation. These are all Gen X movies, I want to point out. Um, <laughs> Slip that and, in there. Which is very curious because I love the things that were just before I was born. That's so true. It's, it's interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah. as someone of the time, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, I, I actually, Keely, I never would have put, I never would have thought of it, actually. Uh, mm. I wouldn't even have put it in the top 10 uh, because it's Do you its think it's a Christmas thing. movie? Yeah, but it's its own thing. I didn't really think it was of any kind of you. You made me see like the shining part of it um, uh, <laughs> that, that that gives a little bit to the eternal to it. That I would I thought I, I thought it was great. I think it's great, but I never thought that there was anything of any depth to it in a sense, even though incredibly well done. But the thing about it though is that it is a Gen X movie because at that point you mentioned Shrek too we started to get, it was more cynical. The cynicism was post Simpson started to be more baked into things. Mm -hmm. Whereas by now it's just, I don't even think it's cynicism. It's just nihilism. So it's like second um, nature. Yeah. 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 So, but that was new. And the thing yeah. is you mentioned these things and, and, and uh, miracle on 34th street was actually old fashioned at the time, although it was still of, of its time. They wanted to make it more modern in the nineties um, because we were the only people that existed. Uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. When you look, when we looked at it, we thought, "What year did it come out?" Um, ninety-two, uh, ninety-three. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Ninety-three. I was twenty-three. I was twenty-three. I was just around college, just leaving college. So um, when you looked at it, like, what the hell is this? And it was, <laughs> it was, it blew everybody's mind. Yeah. Uh, so Shrek did too. Yeah, uh, but it, uh, Little Mermaid did as well, you know, but it blew oh, yeah. everybody's mind because it mm -hmm. was so good. And that was Tim Burton. It, he had, it, I think Batman was around that time too. So yeah. that, 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 that kind of melancholic uh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, weirdness, I, I think that launched that, that a lot of people found solace in that because yeah. it hadn't existed, but it mm -hmm. is interesting to see and it. there's a the lot more allowance of kind of weird exploration creatively right. yeah even yeah. more than we see now yeah that's a good point do you it, feel it that do you feel that Kelia? do you feel like your 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 our psychoanalysis of you is correct or do, <laughs> <laughs> or do you have any pushback <laughs> no i totally agree with you guys i knew that my pick was probably going to be the most like debated is that even really a christmas movie 
type yeah. thing. So she went out and looked it for is, the one I think she it knew would be the most, <laughs> most different. different. Yeah. She's the most unique outsider. Yeah, no, she would have said Die Hard if she really wanted to. Love <laughs> <laughs> actually, See, or that, love actually. That, don't, don't, oh. let's, let's, no, we're not oh, doing that. We're not doing it. Wait a second, real quick. No, curse Love Actually. Worst Christmas movie ever. No, if you not. like it, you're an immoral, terrible person. <laughs> I like it. Worst. Podcast. Go move on. I think it's a bad Christmas movie. But by the way, guys, it was not a yes, Disney movie. Is. It was not a Disney movie. It was not a Disney movie. You guys are post. Disney has taken over the world. It was okay, Touchstone. So, dis, dis, now, dis, now Disney has Now Disney owns it. It didn't at the time. But, yes. it was in, but Nathan oh, was right. right. It true. was against It was against the Disney ethos, as yeah. Shrek was. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, now yeah. they're yeah. just... So yeah. now they, yeah. Yeah. Disney was like, we like that. We will make that yeah. ours. Okay, now that's my great. Ruling, now yes, this podcast true. is sponsored by Disney. <laughs> exactly, yes, exactly. We are owned no. by Disney. We, yes, <laughs> we love them. Speaking so, of <laughs> which, Lou, which has nothing to do with this, by the way, just in speaking of which, because <laughs> uh, Lou, what is your favorite I Christmas like I should round. I feel like I should round it out because to school all you guys, but what's the what's the best? The best is... The, I think it's not. I think it's the best, but um, is a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, so, again, so good. So but good. But you all watched it. We've all watched it. So yes. it was before my time, clearly. You know, yeah. but I had my brothers watched it, and my my parents would have been young adults when it was first on. So everybody knows Charlie Brown. Um, yeah. Everybody knows this. Uh, I'm, I don't, uh, we're going to say other movies too, you know, and, and we could talk about faith and all that. This one actually talks yes. about faith mm-hmm. and yep. it's really the only one. I think the Grinch is also a classic. And I think a Christmas Carol in any form is all is, is wisdom literature, let alone a classic, but mm-hmm. this is the only one that talks about th- that explicitly mentions faith. And I have to tell you, I've shown it to um, some of my Italian friends and they don't know what it is. They didn't grow up with it. And it's not really in Italy. They couldn't believe it. They mm-hmm. couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. They couldn't believe how explicitly it was about now. And Charles Schultz, of course, got heat yep. about it. They wanted him to Did cut he? it out in the 60s. Yeah. Yes. So, but you know really? what? We could talk about all these things, what I just said about the 90s and the Gen Xs. It's, it's cynical. <laughs> Charlie Brown is, it's cynical, so, all right? Yep. Okay, it, it, it very cynical. And I mean, it, it has everything you need to know how to live is in it, all right? Okay, where's my fair share? You know, please send money, preferably tens and twenties. And then the, the best <laughs> one of all, which is we all know Christmas is run by a big Eastern syndicate, Charlie Brown. So, you yeah. know, it, it, it's definitely all in there, but Charlie Brown's a depressive, I mean, you know, uh, yeah. but he he's not satisfied. It's still relatable. It's, <laughs> he's not satisfied by what's going on. But the, the amazing thing about it is that when, and he must've done this on purpose, is when Linus does get to, will somebody tell me what Christmas is all about? He says the Annunciation to the Shepherds, not the birth story. He says the Annunciation to the Shepherds. And he, when he's holding his blanket, and at the moment that the angel announces the good news, announces the gospel, unto you is when he drops his blanket. Yeah. So yep. it's the only time he does, and he drops it, and then he continues into the into the uh, into the announcement of the gospel and to the Gloria at the end. Then he picks it up and goes, and that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I, a lot of people pick up on that, and then and then the blanket becomes the base of the Christmas tree. Yep. That they then so, it, oh, it, it's, so right. his he finds security, security in Christ, yep. right? So Christ mm. becomes the base of it. 
But I, the, the reason why that is great is because Charles Schultz was able to have, it's, it is subtle. And then it's, it, it's this mix of incredible subtlety mm-hmm. and where ju- he reads the gospel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Re- and, but done in, in such a humorous way. I mean, Prince Giraldi, the music, I mean, that, that Christmas Whimsical, begins. Beautiful. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but because of a Charlie Brown ethos, but done, you know, uh, uh, clever and, you know, and especially that music. It was the first Charlie Brown, by the way. So, um, oh, yeah. The so, first Char- now, interestingly enough, that subtlety gonna... connected with overtness is what yeah. makes it so amazing. That's a great point. Yeah. And it's interesting that I feel I should mention, I believe it's this year that is the first time in how many decades that they have chosen to not because play. Actually, on it. actually no, it, it's, it's on now Apple back. TV. It's now it's back on, on TV. TV. They it's just back. announced that, yeah, they, 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 it's back on TV because of a petition that people Thank have, they outrage. Yeah. Oh, so petitions really work. Now, yeah. <laughs> now, now, see, uh, this is something else I found interesting. We did a, on our Overthinkers group on Facebook, this is a small plug, um, go to the Overthinkers on Facebook and you can be part of these discussions. We put up what, essentially, what's the greatest Christmas movie? And yeah. there's many, many, many votes and we had a whole list of them. And almost everyone, at least the highest number, the highest amount um, on somewhere in someone's list uh, with Charlie Brown. Which yeah. still is yeah. amazing to me. Out of every big budget Christmas movie, out of every uh, you know award winning actor, this or that, everybody, adult, child, they say Charlie Brown, a little cartoon that has played for decades and decades. So mm-hmm. there's something intrinsically powerful yeah. about this cartoon. Mm-hmm. And like Lou said, it's both um, explicit and nuanced and funny yeah. and and. Uh, but yeah. it's Christianity too, because he announces but, the gospel, he announces yep. the birth of Christ. He says that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And this and is the thing: it doesn't and leaves it, doesn't lecture him, leaves it, and Charlie Brown goes off, and he's happy. And that's the thing is that I think that this what this says about you. First of all, it says you have excellent taste because everybody like this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie, but I will say that you, it's very much a you movie because it's like very. It's it's you're because it just says you're a curmudgeonly countercultural Christian, uh, you know because I guess the triple C's, you know because it, <laughs> it's like it is like it's it's about I mean Charlie Brown. This is like the voice actor for Charlie Brown had a hard time with this role because he said because he how can you be cranky about Christmas? How can you right. be? But he Charlie mm. Brown really is the person who sees what Christmas should be and sees what it, the culture is not doing. This is Lou. Lou wow. sees and, how and the world true. should be exactly. <laughs> Exactly, which is exactly what you are. And it's your countercultural and, you know, because it's like, okay, because Charles Schultz really did have both, you know, his director say you can't do that on TV. This was the 60s. And he said you can't do that on TV. And Charles Schultz was like, you know, if we don't do it, who will? And then the networks, they saw it and they were not going to air it, except they already put it in the TV guides that it was airing. And so wow. he also said he would pull it. If yeah. they took it, they wanted to cut it out. And, and so that, that level of sort wow. of brave cultural engagement is the stuff that you are all into. And so, Thank yes, you. this is we the do only not movie. We artists like this anymore. Exactly. That's awesome. And that's, that's and this that, was that level. before all of us were born. Exactly. I'm older yep. than you guys, but before all of us were born, the same stuff we're struggling with now. Yep. Yep. And that level, that way of that brave sort of, you know, cultural engagement is, 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 this is the only movie that really does that. 
And so I will 100% know this is your movie. It yes. should also be the school for any Christian movie maker because it gets its 100%. message across without beating you over the head or even coming close in a to beautiful, you over the head. In a beautiful, way. In a clever, beautiful way. Mm-hmm. It is truth and beauty at the same time. Yes. Mm. Yep. Very true. Very true. Any other thoughts? Honestly, I think you summed it up perfectly. Yeah, Gosh, darn it. you totally hit the nail. We have the two introverts here. <laughs> I know, I, I'm so, also an introvert. I can, you can do you're this. You're on the line. Okay, but I, I have one you're an introvert who loves to hear yourself talk. Sorry, go ahead, Killian. Also true. Also Don't true. they all? <laughs> no, 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 no. Thing is, Wait, Killian, you were like saying. Themselves caught. They just like to hear other people talk. No, go ahead. True. And they also like to hear, um, hear other people talk about I, them. So let her talk. I would have a little bit more to say, uh, but I've actually never seen this Charlie Brown Christmas. Good grief. I know. I I can act it out. No, don't. I used to listen to the soundtrack growing up, but this is what happens. This is what happens when you're raised by two immigrants. (laughs) no i mean they knew it but it okay. just wasn't everyone listening and everyone on the um on the podcast do not worry i will rectify this <laughs> yeah. within, the, within yes. the coming weeks yes. last year she showed you nightmare before christmas and this year you show her yeah. Brown christmas. All, all available you guys should come back to new york so i can show it to you and tell you everything <laughs> about it Oh, oh, we'll, we'll wait for your commentary. You well, I, Nathan, we watched it and I just kept doing the lines and I thought you'd be annoyed, <laughs> but you loved it. You kept laughing because so, I would just, yeah. I would just watch it the do. second time with Lou. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the best. No, but you were laughing, but yeah. it was so ingrained. So, Nathan Share. Now, moving on, what is your favorite Christmas movie so we can psychoanalyze you to death? <laughs> uh, the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Hmm. Say more. Mm. Oh. I love not, it because the, one, the only no. one. The original. original <laughs> the the OG. One. I love it because A, nostalgic reasons. I watch it every year growing up. B, I'm a huge cartoon nerd, especially an old cartoon nerd. And this the special is made by Chuck Jones, who is one of the most famous animators mm. from Warner, Warner Brothers cartoons. So if you grew up watching those cartoons like I did, you definitely saw the familiarity watching it in the Grinch special. And I love that so much. <clears throat> And I just love, I also just love how fun and whimsical it is. The Grinch has one of the catchiest cartoon theme songs of all time. Like, True. everyone has heard it. And also, <laughs> exactly, it's a great song. And also, I, this is a recent realization I had. I think another thing that I subconsciously appreciated about the movie growing up is that not only does it show you the true meaning of Christmas, but in my eyes, I think it also kind of shows you the true meaning of what it means to be an overthinker, or at least a Christian overthinker. Mm. Because at the end of the story, unlike other Christmas stories where like the hero learns about the meaning of Christmas because someone lectured him about it or because Santa shows up and like tells him, hey, this is true meaning of Christmas or whatever, the Grinch kind of realizes it on his own. Or more specifically, he sees the faith of the who, the Who's after they lost everything, after he stole everything from them. He sees the faith of the Who's they still saw that Christmas was there, even though they didn't have all their stuff. And they celebrated that. They still leaned into that. They still saw Christmas. And the Grinch was like, wait, hold up. That doesn't make any sense. They don't have anything, yet they're still celebrating. Why? And then he puzzled and puzzled until his puzzler was sore. Then he realized, oh, wait, 
Christmas means something so much more. And that's when he went from that line of like human reasoning to faith. He had that overthinking process. Then he realized, oh, wait, there's something more to Christmas than just my reason and just this. There's some spectacular divine thing that makes us think about more than just our reason. And that's wonderful. And that's when he, wow. the outsider, willingly brought himself into the fold. You he didn't need someone to drag brand, him into it. Nathan, thank you so much. Well yeah. done. That's, that's, that's the way you, the way you speak of the Grinch. I, ne- I didn't, that was not one of mine growing up, but literally the way you talk about it now, I'm like, I have to go watch The Grinch. That sounds beautiful. (laughs) So first of all, I have to say, I'm very surprised that you picked that because I know how much you hate cartoons, Nathan. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I say like, I mean, you know, also it's really interesting. So we see a lot of these things. You see a lot of people who are not Christmassy people embracing the values of Christmas. It's like something like, you know, Charlie Brown doesn't feel like Christmas, he doesn't have the Christmas spirit, and then he's allowed to enter that. You know, is it Miracle on 34th Street? Same thing. Nightmare for Christmas, same thing. Cynicism classing with hope. Exactly. So there's there's always this contrast there. And I think that this one very much is like you, Nathan, because you also are very much wanting to hole up by yourself uh, and be like, okay, like here is okay. Here I can control. Here is safe. Here I don't have to deal with all the messiness out there. And then, but encountering that, he's not only encountering Christmas, he's encountering community and other people and saying, oh, there's something valuable here. It's not everything not everything that I hate about it isn't all that there is about it. There's also something valuable here that if I don't have it, I lose out on something valuable. And that's something that, you know, I, I, that you, is because you know, some people made the joke that, you know, Grinch, to be, like, to be clear, Grinch didn't like, hate, doesn't hate Christmas, he hates people. That's totally fair. <laughs> and like, and like, that's the part like I see in you. And, but I've also seen that you also have always embraced the values of Christmas in your heart because you are an overthinker and you thought about it and you saw people like that. And you're able to then become a part of our community, which is great because you are awesome. And we're glad to have you part of the community. So that's how I would psychoanalyze you into great. Nathan share, Nathan share. I didn't, I haven't watched the cartoon growing up, but I did. I did play the video game and you being another <laughs> video game guy, I got it in a cereal box. I got it in a, in a cinnamon toast crunch cereal box and you could play in the computer and you could run around the Christmas little Whoville as a Grinch <laughs> and jump on their presents and destroy I them. I want it. I so want it. I, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> you <did> it. <laughs> for Christmas. I'll Find get it, it for you. Oh man. Uh, I, no, but uh, Nathan, it sounds like, um, I think Joseph aptly says, I think and probably all of us here, we have a tendency to want to escape to our own world, to be isolated, mm-hmm. but yeah. we also have this ineffable desire in us that knows and believes there's something more. And I think it sounds like that's at the heart of the Grinch story. That's very cool. Yeah. Can't wait to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Lou, Put it on thoughts? the list. Kelia. Well, Ladies first. I, it's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I totally see why you connect with this movie, not because you're a Grinch, but because very much like him, you march to the beat of your own drum and Mm. you like your own world, just like both um, Joseph and Nathan said. So I totally see why this is a favorite of yours. And it's also at the very end, it gets so emotional and you don't Mm. expect that. And I think that's a hidden layer that I've seen in you, Nathan Cher, is you are so quiet and in your own world, but then you're also really emotional with um, other people after you get to know them. So I can see why you connect with it. 
You might say I have layers, <laughs> like an ogre, my fellow ogre. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like onions and ogres. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I think that, um, I think Nathan, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I mean, it was, and Grinch comes from that same period as the Charlie Brown Christmas again, mm. before all of us were born. And it, you know, they like to say it's commercialism versus the true meaning right. of Christmas, you know, but I, it's a little more than that. And I mean, it, I mean, Dr. Seuss. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I mean, I, I read it, just read it. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. true. Uh, Also for any actor, because any actor just listen to Boris Koloff do it because it's mm. narrated. The entire thing is narrated. Mm. There are no other voices. You forget it because That's he does the Grinch's right. voice. He does all the yep. other characters' voices. He does all the different ups and downs. It's all narrated. He reads it. So that it, it's a it's a masterclass on how to do that. Um, uh, the animation, of course, and the songs, of course. And this was the OG you know, Frankenstein, wasn't he? Boris Karloff. Yeah, he was the. I mean, mm. at that point, he was like he was like ninety. So I mean, it was wow. right at the end of his life, almost. So, but I mean, it's it's brilliant. It's utter brilliance. But I think with Dr. Seuss um, hitting on when he went beyond just its commercialism and the true meaning, because if you notice it isn't, oh, we're all sharing, let's all share. Mm. Uh, the main aspect of it is when he steals everything and he hears them singing again, and they all come together and they form that circle with everything gone. I mean, it's, it's the church and then, yeah. because mm. that's the presence of Christ, yeah. because yeah. you see that you see that that star so, and in fact, if you listen to the Spanish version, because I have, the narrator, I had, the Grinch got me through a really rough time in my life. I'm telling you, I, wow. I'm telling you, it's a hard Aww. time and it was so consoling. Uh, and the, the narrator says, because Christ is born. I mean, the Spanish version, they just say oh, it straight out. Wow. Um, so, wow. but that's the yeah. church because uh, he sees them together Maybe this is something with you, Nathan. And that converts him because he sees Christ. Remember, they open up and he comes in, you know. So that is what converts him and makes his heart grow. Yeah. In fact, it said in the song, yeah. which is repeated by Boris Koloff at the end, Christmas Day is within our grasp as long as we have hands to clasp. Mm. So the this, idea that Christ is, a- is, Christ is present within the church so within the flesh of the church is where he is present. Yep. It reminds you, it reminds you of another rhyme in the English version towards the end where they say something along the line of Christmas Day will always be so long as we are we. Have we. Yeah. yeah. Have we. Wow. You know, that, that was in the American version. Too. What were you saying, other, other Nathan? Oh, th- this is another testament to... Um, one, how effective even the simplest and most innocent art can be. I hate when people look down on cartoons. I hate when people look down on puppets or whatever it might be. And to show, and it it really is, it shows the childlikeness, but how powerful that can be. C.S. Lewis said, one day you'll be old enough to read fairy tales again. Dramatic. Also too, uh, it's a testament to a great script. Yeah. (laughs) Because, because, but uh, simple though, simple edited. Yeah. But it can still be simple and powerful. And I have actually something else about lives. it, but I'm going to say it at the end. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, all right, then. So now we get to the most important part, which is me getting to say well, my thanks favorite for coming movie. Folks, we're all done. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. We have credits now. <laughs> yes. 
Um, Maybe some nineteen fifty-two Bangladeshi movie. Exactly. Well, I yes. know what he's going to say, and he is correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, my favorite Christmas movie is uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. It uh, is one hundred percent my favorite Christmas movie, and for me, it's because it has all of the elements of Christmas that I loved about Christmas growing up. And it's got all the things that I love about a Charlie Brown Christmas, except it's got more time to deal with it. It's about someone, again, we talked about this story. It's about someone who does not represent the values of Christmas, who does not want to represent the values of Christmas. He's antithetical to it. He lives according to a different value system, but you get to see the darkness you know, from his soul, but also the results of the darkness of rejecting the Christmas holiday. It's a very mm-hmm. dark movie. It's also a deeply emotional movie, deeply sentimental. Mm. It also has the great joy of, of the holiday, all the emotions that I want to feel and I do feel about the holiday, about the absence of God in the world, the absence of community, the absence of those things. It shows that very starkly. It also shows the presence of community and how wonderful and warm it is, of family, how wonderful and warm that is. And also about the just sheer joy of the of, of Christmas, of uh, the ghost of Christmas present and of 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 the characters, the characters we love. I think it's my favorite adaptation of, of a Christmas carol because I think what it does is it does take everything that we love about Christmas carol, but it does <clears throat> also make those elements louder, just the the joy louder, the the sadness louder. The somehow the script they were able to do that in a way that other adaptations of this didn't have. And of course it has Michael Caine as Scrooge. Right, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, yes, you say Michael Caine as he would say it by saying my cocaine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Um, <laughs> uh, who, who plays the entire thing straight while he's talking yes. to a bunch of puppets. And he doesn't, he doesn't break character once and it, it's, it's the most pure delicious. His best story. performance. Yeah, but my favorite yeah, performance of I his. Agree. <laughs> ever um and 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 the the thing that they could grasp about a christmas carol also is what it takes to i mean they have literally a song in there which is a prayer to god and what it takes to Mm. actually treat each other as brothers the way that uh uh charles dickens wanted is to believe that human beings are the kind of person who even when they're small poor or crippled that they have the right to ask of god that he would bless them like if we are the people like the Cratchits, even as humble as that, we have the right to talk to God and say, God bless us, everyone. And that aspect of it that they highlight um, gives me tears every time. And so that's, that's uh, and also just like the laughs are just so great. So the contrast of all those different emotions make yeah. me mm-hmm. love this uh, so much. And so, okay, other people, thoughts, tell me about me and most importantly, mm-hmm. tell me about Christmas. Well, I have thoughts on both the movie and why it pertains to you. First of all, the reason that you like this is because you are both an incredibly deep, uh, a deep person who loves great story and wrestling with the big questions of humanity and life. And you are also incredibly silly, ridiculous person. And also so true. taking a beautiful story like the uh, the Christmas Carol and putting Muppets into it, I think is a, <laughs> as a is pretty well sums you up. Beautiful, deep story with lots of deep elements of human the human experience mixed with Muppets. So there you go. I think You're not that, wrong. Uh, that's You're not wrong. <laughs> another another thing is this movie. Um, this is one I, I 
I really do believe is the greatest movie. I, I love the one I picked as well so much, but this is, I believe, the greatest Christmas movie in my humble opinion. And it might be due to nostalgia. I grew up on it, but I just think one, look at this is a testament to combining two geniuses, Jim Henson mm. and Charles Dickens, and mm. seeing what happens when amazingly talented people uh, use their gifts that God has give, given them in a beautiful way. And you see both of these men doing that, both in uh, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, one of the most beautiful books, uh, one of those greatest writers of all time. And then you have Jim Henson, who's just, yeah, inexplicably yeah. amazing. And you combine this and you have this amazing movie. Um, and what, like you said, what's so interesting about it is Michael Caine plays it straight. He doesn't talk to puppets. He doesn't talk like this. He's, he literally talks like a human. And yeah. that's what makes it so. And even the sets are dour. They look like dour London. Yeah. And you know, you have Gonzo running around uh, falling in the snow, but he's <laughs> no of a dirty, yeah. uh, cobblestoned turn of the century, uh, or I guess late 1800s London that is. Um, it's, it's just beautiful. And, the, and the, obviously the story is just yeah. um, really gets to the heart of why Christmas is so um, meaningful and beautiful. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, I could just go on and on, but it really is a beautiful. You, you make one. a point. The production design is phenomenal. I mean, this was like a, like such a, a movie level movie. So no, this movie is absolutely amazing. And it pertains to you in that you are both serious and deep and ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair. Yeah, you got me pegged. Yeah, going along with that, like Nathan once said, it's just a very rich movie. Like it's mm. the humor's good. There's so much emotion. The narration is just the 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 writing is just spot on. It's just a very excellent movie. So excellent that you can't help but see the goodness of God in it, and like have the movie point back to God whenever you watch it. And it's just. It's a rich movie that enriches the people that that get to watch it. And I see that same sort of richness in you. I see the same sort of richness as someone who desires to use all of his talents and focus to point back to God in order to make himself richer and enrich the people he comes across along the way. So basically, you're a rich person, Joe, and you want to be richer. Just like Scrooge. I wish someone would tell my landlord. <laughs> just like the Muppet <laughs> Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, thank but also, you, don't forget Ridiculous. Yes, right. you don't forget also that one. Right. Yes. yes, and silly. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. I think you said silly, ridiculous a few times, Nate. But I think we got I just it. Really yes. want to get that across. <laughs> it's all part of the riches. It's all part of the riches. <laughs> all right, all right, Kelia, Lou, where, any any things you want to weigh in on this? Well, I think it it really makes sense that that's your movie pick. Um, I actually, I think I only saw it for the first time. I believe it was last year. Mm. again <laughs> um, you're seeing all the things at once i know i know but uh it was an incredibly haunting beautiful capturing movie for me and i totally see why you chose this one and uh, i agree with both of the nathans that you are such an incredibly thoughtful insightful person that wants to understand the complexities of the human mm. experience and experience all the the bad and the good and know the whys of it mm. um and i think that story explores that quite beautifully but also of course like everyone else has said <laughs> um we incorporate the muppets into this and that just it, it points to the fact that you are someone that doesn't take yourself seriously, you're willing to poke fun, you're willing to make some jokes, 
And while being one of the most intelligent people I've ever known, you're also one of the most down to earth and easy to talk to. But also cool. ridiculous and so. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> also rich. Oh, yeah. So, okay, ridiculous and silly. <laughs> yeah. Intelligent, down to earth, and rich. Wow, I've got, I've got, and ridiculous and silly. And, and <laughs> all right, all right. Those are the bookends. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. You're basically just, Kermit the Frog. Obviously, yeah. Oh, there you go. Obviously, you just you know, this clearly was all of this was just orchestrated. This entire so just so I can have people talk about me and talk about yeah. how, how, yeah. how, how awesome I am. No, obviously, um, Lou. Uh, I think I think for you, Joseph, it's all there in the title. Christmas Carol. <laughs> Christmas Carol, which is a classic, and you're you're a classicist at heart because you know the you know the classics way back. Uh, you want to build on that tradition, and you're a that's basically you. That's basically you. So that that's would be fair. your thing. That's I also fair. think that it's from your generation when you were a kid. Yeah. Yes. So. Everyone's gonna pick the one that was from their time. I think any version of a Christmas Carol is yeah. is good as as long as you even the slightest attempt to do what Dickens did. It's it's yeah. curious. All of these things are all original. A Nightmare Before Christmas. These are all incredibly original. It's kind of like Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Mm. Every version, if you if you just do Gollum as as Tolkien had, he's so unique. They all yeah. work. Every one of them works. So. It's always going to work in A Christmas Carol if you're doing it. No one has ever really done the book as it really is. They always cut out the mentions of Christ. They always cut yes. those things out. I am actually, I personally, my favorite in terms of a musical would be Mr. Magoo's uh, Christmas yeah, Carol, which again okay. was done yeah. of the time. And the music, the music is Julie Stein. I mean, he's Gypsy. I mean, they were Broadway music. But you're people a did Muppet it. The music person. Is fantastic. You enjoy Muppets. Though. I am a Muppet person, but I was older. Mm. I was adult. Yeah. I was grown up by this so, time. It was the 2000s, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. You were you were young. I was an yeah, adult at yeah, this yeah, point. Exactly, so, yeah. but but no, no. I love Mr. Magoo. Also, again, very short. They keep the whole story in there. Yeah. Um, uh, but I do think the best is George C. Scotts because. His sure, Scrooge is yeah. closest that to the book. That messed me up. He's not as bad. <laughs> Michael Caine, Mike, what's that? That, that one Michael messed Kane me is up similar. as a kid. Michael Caine, yeah. Michael Caine is similar. George C. Scott, um, he's just, he's empty. You know, he's yeah. he's empty. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, it's just, but George C. Scott never, he only gets really emotional at the end. So sure. he, he um, there's so many good points. He's so quiet when he, re so that, but Michael Caine is excellent. I'm, though I am a recent convert to Muppet Christmas Carol, I actually did not like it for the longest okay. time. Um, because, and I, Jim I, Carrey didn't, guy. I was, I turned it off. Jim Carrey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, that one's okay. I, that one's okay. No, I'm Mr. Magoo. No, um, uh, I, I I always didn't watch it. I turned it off. Mm. I never liked it in the beginning. And, and it's you're you're right though. I do love them. I grew up watching the show, um, but I had uh, see the thing for me was the way they did Marley. I still don't like Ooh. it, and it still it, it bumps it Marley down. Mar Marley, they, but they it's too jokey. Marley is dead serious. It sets up the entire story. Marley yeah. needs mm. to scare the hell out of Scrooge. 
All right. Yeah, well, see, I mean, you, I mean, do you not see that little work Waldorf? They're dead inside. Of course they're dead serious. I know, but it doesn't do it for me. And I think that's fair. I think this is interesting because when I was a kid, that scene scared the hell out of me. Yeah, because I, I saw you. them because I saw Joseph them going to hell. hell. It was like, oh, they're going to hell when at the end right. of this. Right. And well, I well, think well that this is one of the things that's did. interesting. Well, I was just saying the one of the things that's interesting is that we found is that a lot of us, the movies that we picked, not all like are the ones that we were able to watch as a kid. And yeah, a yes. lot of what we love is, and we talked about this in our episode on the Christmas traditions. One of the things you know that Charles Dickens helped to make about Christmas was that it was about um the center of Christmas was the family and the children and taking care of those people through saying like Tiny Tim being the heart and soul. And with well, that, this, 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 yes. that we must, we must wrap up. cut this off. Okay, sorry, Lou. Sorry, Lou. I got, so, I just gotta that, get my last must... thing in with the Muppets. Uh, the thing that got me was when I watched it and I heard that X, I heard that song that they cut out. Oh, yes. I couldn't believe how good that was. Oh, yeah, yes. that's right. a good song. And what also convinced me is when they get to the end, the way they do the Cratchits and the way that they do the emotion is just so good that they, 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 caught, it. they caught it. Remember, another thing about A Christmas Carol is Scrooge does not hear a lecture or is preached to. He's only shown. He's yes, shown. it's true. Yes. And speaking of uh -huh. showing... Nathan Actually, can I say one last thing or should we move on? <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I just wanted to say also, this probably just ties into what we've already been saying, but it's also just a very contempl contemplative movie, but it's so hauntingly good that it encourages people and shows them the fun of what it means to contemplate things. And I think also, Joe, you're a contemplative person that likes to show people the fun of contemplation. Or to put it another way, to reference my earlier recommendation, you're an overthinker. Joseph Holmes, <laughs> it's what? kind of your whole deal. You critique every new movie. Yes. You philosophize at every meal, Joseph Holmes. And on that literal on that note, gave this on that literal note, literal yes. Thank you so much, gang. We enjoyed talking about overthinking each other and overthinking Christmas movies. Thank you so much for joining. I hope it brought a little Christmas cheer into all of your lives. Uh, Nathan Clarkson, you have any thoughts to say before we finish out? Yes. Uh, if you agree or disagree with any of our selections, you can get in contact with us at theoverthinkersjournal.com. There we have some uh, great articles. You can find out more about the host, what we're doing. Uh, hopefully in the future, in the new year, we'll have some live events, which we're very excited about. We'd love to see you there. Uh, so it's theoverthinkersjournal.com. Please get in touch with us there, as well as we have a private Facebook group on Facebook called The Overthinkers. We are posting uh, great content, lots of conversations, questions, memes, videos, articles, and, and there's hundreds of people there who are overthinkers as well who are all talking, discussing about these big questions that you hear on the podcast. We'd love to have you over there. And last thing to plug is uh, my movie, which is a Christmas movie that just came out <laughs> December 1st. I would so love it if you would watch this, put this on your family's movies list for the Christmas holidays this year. Uh, it's called Miracle on Highway 34, and it involves many of the people that you hear often on this podcast, and you can get it on iTunes, Amazon, uh, Vudu, and anywhere you download or rent movies. I think you're really going to like it. Uh, mm -hmm. And aside from that, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on social media, Nathan Clarkson. 
Um, and you can go to my website, thinklarks.me. Joseph, where can people find you? You can find me on all the socials as well. Also, josephholmestudios.com. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Hope that this was a wonderful way to help celebrate Christmas. And, and thank you just for supporting this podcast throughout the whole year. We love being a part of your community. And remember, guys, if it's worth thinking about, Merry Christmas! <laughs> Thinking about during Christmas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. God bless us, everyone. Uh, but mostly me. Okay. <laughs>